Hey, Mick, I have a, a Ned Yost story for you. I love Ned Yost stories. Okay, so I'm at Kauffman Stadium uh, today, day before the season starts, and Ned is talking about spring training surprises, and he mentions, guess who? Me. No. No, Ky- okay. He mentions Kyle Zimmer. Sure, yes. Kyle Zimmer, he says he's one of the best spring training surprises we've had. Uh, Jeffrey Flanagan, MLB.com, follow-up question. Ned, can you confirm Kyle Zimmer is on the team? <laughs> Ned Yost. I will not. Of course not. These are the nuclear codes. I will not. Writers? You will not. Two questions later. (laughs) Ned, are you going to mix and match more in the bullpen this year? And he says, oh, of course. We've got a great bullpen to mix and match. We got Kyle Zimmer out there. We got Kevin McCarthy. We got Brad Boxberger. (laughs) Are you following me, Mick? Yes, I am. Okay. It's Dodd Save the Royals right now. Let's do it. Welcome to Dodd Save the Royals. More sense, more, more, more things that make sense like that coming up on this uh, half hour or so of fun. With Rustin Dodd of The Athletic, I'm Mick Schaefer of 41 Action News. That's Ned all the time, right? I, can, I get so mad. I text Cody Tapp of 610 Sports right now because um, I'll see the full feed of the entire Ned Yost presser at spring training. And he just, I mean, he just wails away on on Cody. You maybe used to be kind of a whipping boy. I think Cody has has taken over that role. And so he'll contradict himself all the time. Cody will will ask, hey, you know, what are you you thinking about using Whit Merrifield more in the outfit? No, no. I'm not thinking about the the baseball year. I'm not thinking about the regular season. Like, like that's some ridiculous question to actually think that the manager is looking ahead to the baseball season. I mean, I mean, Cody, we may play wit more in right field, but I'm not (laughs) thinking about doing that. Yes, that's exactly. I'm not thinking about it. A couple questions later, he'll he'll talk just like that. He'll say, "Well, you know, I mean, if you if in our plans for the future, we want to get him so many. Well, that's." That's you thinking about the future. And, yes, you're a major league manager, okay? I know you're a major league contrarian as well, but you are thinking about the future. That, that, that kind of comes with the job. Kind of comes with any job, really. Kind of comes with being a human being. But, yes, no, whatever, whatever you say he wants to uh, disagree with. or well, why, do they, why do they wait so long, or why do they not want to reveal the it's not like it's a starting quarterback in college football to where you have some sort of sort of competitive advantage by not name who the starter is. What what do they have to gain by not saying that Kyle Zimmer's on the team? I mean, I guess uh, if if you want to be generous to them, somebody could go home tonight and slip going up their stairs, sure, um, and then gets injured. Um, I we're going to talk about. Who Did you made- see him there today? Kyle? He was there, yes. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about who made the team, who did yeah, not. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear so far, but we got the names, or at least I have the names. Uh, they're not official, but I'm pretty sure they're accurate. They're so we're going to talk about that. We're okay. also going to talk about Ned Yost more yeah. about this. Um, but to be generous to them, yes, yeah, somebody could slip. Somebody, they, could, they could change their mind, I yeah. guess. Uh, there could be an injury. I don't know. I, in, in that case, I kind of wonder, like, it, would it, does it make you look that bad to say, well, actually... And so we we changed our decision. I think you know? he just wants to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, right? and and you have an article kind of about that. We'll talk no, about that yeah. on, on the show. We'll also talk about the roster, like you said, of the twenty five man um, Duffy Kennedy, the rotation, what's going on there, um, and a lot more fun. We'll have our toasts, and we'll get you ready for this uh, two thousand nineteen 
baseball season. It's upon us, Rustin. It is. It is opening day when people are listening to this. It's going to be. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, should I should I just go ahead and 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 scoop the opening day roster? Well, let's well, we can get to that. I think you know you, people it snuck up on people. It as of as of Wednesday, the game wasn't sold out. Hopefully, you can all get out there. But who knows if we'll have a game on Thursday because uh, the rain is, will be coming is. in as well. It's supposed to rain. But when they do play, whether it's Thursday or Friday, it's supposed to be rain there as well, uh, or Saturday or whenever, the twenty-five man will look like this. Let's start with. What do you want to start with? Infielders, something like that. Sure. Let's. Infielders. Well, let's just start with the well, well regular the, the starting pitchers. lineup. Well, no, we'll get. Nah, it's t- it's too difficult. Plus, I didn't write it down like that, so <laughs> uh, I just wrote it down position wise. So we'll go catcher and then first base, second base, the counting. You know, you know two, that's three, the four, regular five. starting lineup, then, right? Well, yeah, but that I mean, Martin Maldonado is not going to lead off, is what I meant. Oh, I see. Not in okay. order. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Uh, this is what it's going to. Martin Maldonado will be the Royals' everyday catcher. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about platooning and some of the ways they may juggle this roster. But for all intents and purposes, uh, Ryan O'Hearn will be at first base. Uh, Whit Merrifield. You can pencil him in at second, but only in pencil, Mick. Yes, because it, it he might be all over the place. Not a big highlighter. Yeah, or exactly. anything like uh, that. Adalberto Mondesi, maybe uh, a little bit uh, heavier pen at shortstop. Okay. Hunter Dozier, yeah, pen- Sharpie, pencil, pencil oh, with Dozier okay. at third base. Uh, Alex Gordon, uh, pretty heavy Sharpie till he gets and, hurt. And, and yeah, <laughs> thank you. Maybe a little white out on the side for, yes. for a month from now. <laughs> In left field, Billy Hamilton is going to be the everyday starting center fielder. Uh, right field, there's no pencil whatsoever. Just, I mean, well, you might just get, think about. He might get some days off, but yeah, yes. so he's he's pretty pretty entrenched out there. Uh, Jorge Soler. In right, again, we'll, we'll chat about exactly how they're going to juggle this. And then the designated hitter. Um, a little bit of, uh, put this in pencil as well, but opening day designated hitter. They have not announced this, but I would not be surprised if it is Frank the Tank Schwindel. Because he's a righty. He's a righty, and they're going against Carlos Rodon for the Chicago White Sox. Who's a lefty. He's a lefty. Different um, guy than Rondon. There's a Rondon pitcher and a Rodon. I'm pretty sure it's Rodon, although... I know, but there's a Ron- Rondon out there that's well, somebody, pitched. Yeah, somebody... Or, yes, there was a royal official today who, who asked me, uh, is it is it Rondon going tomorrow? And I, <laughs> I, I meant, and I said Rodon, and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Two ends? No, just one. Uh, that's, that's two. Oh, I thought you meant so, right next to each other. Anyways, um, on the bench, uh, four-man bench to start the year, uh, Chris Owings, not a lot of shock there. Terrence Gore, um, that was, uh, we saw that coming, obviously. It will be interesting how they use him. Uh, Lucas Duda was added to the roster earlier this week after signing a minor league deal, and now we'll get one year, $1.25 million with some performance bonuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we're going to chat about him in a sec. And then Cam Gallagher, last guy on the bench, will be the backup catcher. Should we do the pitchers? Yes, absolutely. Okay, yes. so this is how it's going to look on opening day, but... Royals are essentially starting with a three-man rotation um, in with Brad Keller tomorrow, excuse me, today, uh, on Thursday, I should say. Jacob Junis will start the second game of the ser- season, and Jorge Lopez will be uh, the, the third starter. Homer Bailey is going to start next week, but the Royals are going to, 
as I said off the air, and I'll say it again, the Royals are going for it. They are not messing around here. Brad Keller. All in, baby. Barring some weather patterns that are not good for them, Brad Keller's coming back and likely starting the fourth game of the season on regular rest. Hopefully this kid that was a Rule 5 guy and that we've only seen for one year is really good. Because it's all on his shoulders. So we're bringing Keller is starting two of the first four games of the season. The Royals are going for it, uh, and Homer Bailey will be. He's not going to be on the roster tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in town. I'm not even sure if how how if he'll be at the stadium. I'm not uh, sure if I, I don't see why he couldn't be. But there yeah. might be some weird MLB taxi rules about t- not taxi as in cabs, but taxi as in taxi squad, sure. all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so that leaves room for eight relievers. Um, and and actually, because um, I, I announced thirteen um, positional yeah, players. Okay, so yeah, okay, so uh, so that would leave room for twelve relievers. So I, I might even be leaving somebody out. Twelve total pitchers. Yeah, and so nine relievers. Off yeah, the so bat. Uh, Willie Peralta, Brad Boxberger, Tim Hill, Jake Diekman, Kevin McCarthy, Kyle Zimmer, Chris Ellis, the Rule Five pick, Scott Barlow, and. That is eight. That's eight. So am I? Is there room for a? Uh, am I? Maybe Bailey's. Maybe Bailey is. Maybe he'll be on twenty-five the, man. Maybe right he'll be the on bat. the team. But I thought they were going to. And I was out there, and I'm trying to mentally think about <laughs> what relievers I I saw. Anyway, so maybe a little bit of intrigue there on that last spot. But I, was I told there would be no math. Um, before yeah. I got into sports, but so yes, I would think eight it, relievers is enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, theoretically, I, I I think Homer Bailey. They were gonna at one point they were going to uh, not activate him until yeah. they needed to. So what the hell? Oh is... no no, I'm <laughs> say by say by the, my memory. Sure. I did not mention Ian Kennedy. Oh I yes. I forgot to write him down. So Ian that's, Kennedy. There's the your ninth reliever. Seventy million dollar eighth inning guy. What are we What are yeah. we doing with him? Okay. That. That is money well spent, it sounds like. We'll talk about him later, but my first question to that, what the hell is Lucas Duda doing back with the Royals? Because um, he wasn't until recently. Then they signed him to a minor league deal. You're like, okay, whatever, just in case somebody gets in. But now he's 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 going to make the 25-man. Yeah. Why? So I think there's a, this comes down to a couple of, of things, and we can maybe chat about whether this makes sense, but I will just put what the how the Royals are viewing this mm-hmm. uh, a couple things different things at play one salvador perez goes down uh there is a lack of pop may you say they lose 25 home runs yeah. like that martin maldonado can maybe make up some on defense but not going to be making up 25 home runs so i think they felt like they needed to add a little bit power specifically uh maybe some left-handed power mm-hmm. something they don't really have but today, so there is that factor, and I, I don't think that I think that definitely played a factor. Dayton Moore today, I keep saying today, Dayton Moore uh, on Wednesday at Kauffman Stadium basically said, "Hey, we really like Lucas Duda's veteran presence, and we feel like that he's not going to hurt the development of our young hitters. In fact, he could help it um, in terms of being a, a pre- presence in the lineup to take some pressure off them. Also, being a guy that can can." be a model for professional at-bats, how to work certain pitchers, mm-hmm. communicate with those sort of guys. So I think there is that element. They they felt like when 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 they were bringing Billy Butler and Alex Gordon into the major leagues, and we're, we're going back a decade now or mm-hmm. even more, more. Um, before they really became established players. So we're looking 2007, Seven. 2008, you know, 2009, right around there. Billy Butler started to really produce 
you know, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. But those those first couple of years, they felt like they they were really overexposed in that they just they didn't you know like they didn't have the veteran presence around to mm-hmm. help them kind of through the process. Yeah, I'd have I you know I heard this today as I was at the stadium. I'd love to go back. I guess I should have done this, but to look on who were the veteran guys there. I mean, you had Jose Guillen and and, and those mm-hmm. types. Um, but anyway, so they I, I just feel like the Royals believe in this kind of thing, and it and you can snark about it. You can say, okay, why didn't they? Why don't they just pay him to be a coach? I'm not sure Lucas Duda's signing up for that. <laughs> um, and like, and and I think there are some question marks about Lucas Duda's offensive performance. What kind of hitter he is at this point in his career? Um, he hit pretty well against right-handed pitching last year, but small sample. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see if he produces. But you know, what what about what say you, Mick? I mean, I say, look, we've got Lucas Duda on the roster. You have O'Hearn, that's going to be your everyday first baseman, correct? And you have Frank Frank Schwindel, who's not going to catch. Right? He's not going to catch nope. unless somebody gets hurt. He's the emergency catcher. I know he threw a guy out in spring training. I ran the highlight. It was very cool. Frank the Tank, I'm glad he makes the team. I hope he hits a lot of home runs for this team. So it seems like three of the same type player right there. How long will those three last on the same roster? Do you think one of those guys goes down when they bring up they need a fifth starter well it's a good question so they have that's uh, why i asked it they have 12 pitchers on the roster right now Mm. and traditionally and i say traditionally but the last few years the royals have more often than not i feel like they've had 13 pitchers on the roster yeah because the starters go four and a third exactly i mean things get really thin really quickly um you know so even they got nine relievers right now they're not going to keep nine but let's say they can keep seven you know for a while you know that gives you a little bit of time uh, to have a four-man bench. I mean, it's not extreme to have a four-man bench. And and also, one of those bench guys right now is Terrence Gore. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're asking about, you know, he gives you something different. But, you know, like you you theoretically, that's also a place where you can find a spot. So, if, yeah. you know, I don't think they're sending Terrence Gore down next week if they need a, a spot for a pitcher. But maybe maybe with all the off days, they don't they can get by with with just 12 pitchers. I think another thing that you'll see a lot of is we are so used to, and I I think I maybe even during spring training wasn't thinking this clearly, even after Salvador Perez got hurt, but we are so used to the way Ned Yost manages or has managed in the past, which is when he had more or less a set team. Um, You know, they, they didn't, they never pinch hit even, even when, you know, Alcides Escobar was up with, you know, guys on base in the late innings, he was hitting. And how many people were just like, why does not Ned Yost yeah. not use his bench? And how often have have the Royals really had clear platoons? You know, like I I can think of very rarely when you think about you know a certain platoon situation. You know, maybe you have bench bench guys that mm-hmm. that bounce around and, and give guys days off, but it's very rarely you think of them with one set position with two guys who are sort of trading off depending on the day. Yeah. Um, and so I think you're going to see a lot more of that this year, both at first base with Orion O'Hearn and whoever else can be Hunter Dozier, right-handed hitter or whatever, mm-hmm. what have you, you can slide over there. And I think you're going to see at the DH spot with Lucas Duda getting a lot of at-bats against right-handed pitching and for the time being, Frank Schwindel getting the at-bats against lefties. And, you know, like I think, you know, if you put 
gave the if you asked the royals to take truth serum this is my favorite this is my favorite bit about podcast or any banter or whatever yeah. the truth serum bit if you if, this, I, i'm i'm new to the you, truth you've serum never heard you've never now, heard like a, a talking head say well if you gave them truth serum <laughs> I, it's another way. I, it's a dumb. It's a dumb thing to say. I should say if the Royals were being honest. Yeah, just say if you're honest. <laughs> yes, truthfully. If they were being honest, and you were saying like, okay, so uh, these young hitters, who's it most important that gets at bats? I mean, I think Ryan O'Hearn's on that list. Uh, Dozier, I guess, likely too. I guess maybe you'd put Schwindel slightly behind, but I can't say that with 100 percent certainty. Anyway, the reason I say that is. You know, like they're gonna try to find at bats for all these guys, mm-hmm. and I guess this is the point where you come back around and say, "Well, why is Lucas Duna on the team?" But yeah. I think they're really trying to maximize uh, the like the matchup, you know, advantage, mm-hmm. the, the platoon advantage. Uh, the other side of that Duda move was Brian Goodwin being waived, and the read I got in spring training was that he was given, you know, a good opportunity to, to make the team that chances look good that he was going to be the fourth outfielder, maybe the fifth outfielder, depending on the, uh, the, the makeup of, of this club. But then he came out and said, he was like trying different stuff and like picking the brains of a lot of different hitters and just not screwing around at the plate during the spring training, but, uh, but, but using that time to experiment a lot. And then he hit like, 90, right? It's free training. Do you think that backfired on our it, friend Brian Goodwin? It might have. I mean, I think to be to be fair, I think that was that was a little bit like Was that an excuse maybe? maybe. Okay. I was saying he was maybe reverse engineering yeah, his, his, yeah. the his spring training like after it. he had the bad oh, numbers. I'm fine with batting 100 because I've been talking to Merrifield about his like pick I'm up ex- his foot and I'm holding my hands I'm like uh, O'Hare yeah, does. Yeah. I'm working on different leg kicks and trying yeah. different things. And yeah. So sure you are. maybe it was an excuse. Uh I thought they were I was a little bit wrong on that one. I thought they were going to give him a little bit of a look. He was obviously out of options. Um and and he seemed the Royals have been so focused on defense and we can get back around to that right field spot that I thought they were going to maybe give Jorge Soler a few more at bats mm-hmm. and designated hitter uh, DH. And so maybe they feel comfortable with Soler in right field. I also think you're going to see Whit Merrifield and right a decent amount. And sounds like it. So, I mean, somebody's got, I mean, they don't have any outfielders. Right? No, I mean, so Terrence like, Gore is like technically a fourth outfielder, but he's not there to play outfield. Right. He's there to come into the uh, tie game in the eighth inning and hopefully so scoot around the bases. Chris Owings also can play the outfield a little bit. He's, he didn't play as much outfield in spring training as he has in the past. Uh, so Merrifield, I think fits out there and then you get Owings in at second. There's different, ways to look at it i don't know we'll see how i'm interested to see how they juggle all these guys um and see who's sort of the because there's always an odd man out right like there's always somebody that's not going to get as many at bats um and so i i was actually i don't know if i want to say his name but i was having a um conversation at kaufman stadium on uh on wednesday with another member of the media and we were discussing Mick the the phenomenon that there's always one right like there there's always one guy that people want to complain about right yeah yes 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 um, yes so um, I'm you know Unieski Betancourt was that guy um, I might be skipping over a few guys but then so is it Duda this year who's it, well who's it gonna okay be? so let me let me let me so Unieski Uni was yeah. that guy for years yeah. Um, Alex Rios kind of yeah, took, that, took yeah. that hat one season, uh, <laughs> wore it proudly. 
Um, and then, you know, 2016, Soria just just snatches oh, it and oh, just puts it oh, on his head. And he's does for a not, couple years. Does not give <laughs> he's it up. He's the reigning champ. He does not give it up. And he was that guy. <laughs> and then last year, Soria's gone. And Eski back. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. He's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. d- declining. And Eski just, man, he took that belt and wore it. <laughs> and so there's always one. And we were talking about how it it's looking, and maybe I'm giving Twitter too much credit here, but it's looking like Lucas Duda is is mm-hmm. is is unfortunately positioned to be that guy if he doesn't go out and really perform. And I was saying, as a sort of kind of weird consequence of that, it's almost like he's doing the younger guys a service. Yeah, I'm gonna take the bullet here. Yeah, guys. like there is there is less pressure. Now, Schwindel, Gore, you shouldn't be on this team, but I'm gonna take the bullet. <laughs> well, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's almost like when you talk about exposing a guy, sometimes you're you're talking about yeah. um, you know you don't want to overexpose your young players. Sometimes you're you you would think that most teams are referring to pitching and and facing good pitching and and you know performing and all these sort of stuff but also you know there's sort of certain expectations what people think about mm-hmm. it and you know maybe it helps to have that guy just wearing it for you and it takes some of the pressure yeah. off O'Hearn and Schwindel and and your younger guys I don't know it's that I don't know if I totally believe that theory <laughs> but it's there's there's something to and that it seems like there's always one guy that didn't make the roster that everybody thinks should have all off yeah. with Merrifield Aaron Guile I think once or Twice back Kiel, in the yeah, day. Kiel, Kai, Kai, Hui, Hui, where the, the heck is this guy? Why isn't Calvin Pickering up playing Major League Baseball yet? So is there somebody this year that's uh, that's the 26th man that people should be upset about that's not making this roster? You know, I I don't know that there's any. I mean, Nicky Bubba. Lo- yeah, Bubba. Well, is, I, people really got to be. I don't think Bubba is that guy. No. Not yet. No. Um Nicky Lopez, right? But he, you know, he he's the guy that people want to see. Yeah. But there's no it's real bot for him. Yeah, right? and and he'll get he'll have his time. It's yeah. coming. Um. So it doesn't feel like and, I think and a both lot of, arguments are kind of muted this year. Dude is a little bit, and then yeah, I can't think of anybody that's that's missing and out. It, it always helps if that guy is like 25, 26, yes. and and looks like Crash Davis. You know, <laughs> like, right. give that guy a shot, man. <laughs> and then and and he's you know. Just cranked homers in the Pacific right. Coast League, where half the games are in Salt Lake and Colorado Springs, right. and people that in Reno, and people people don't really ever think about that. That like half these games are being played at altitude. Elevation, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he had twenty four home runs last year. It's like, well, one of them was like a. They were, they were like you they know, played in Monterey, Mexico. For one, <laughs> one of them was a two hundred foot pop up and just went out in Colorado Springs one day. It wasn't actually that impressive. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good point. Um, so maybe, hopefully, in a couple years, there will be that guy, whether it's a Nicky Lopez or a Khalil Lee or a Nick Prado that you know didn't make it because that would, I guess. Uh, signal that the team actually has good players, um, and that's what uh, all Royals fans want for this uh, roster. All right, we are breaking here on Dot Save the Royals, but when we come back, we will uh, lie uh, Rustin down on a couch and do some sort of psychiatric evaluation on Ned Yost. Uh, just, just really kind of delve deep into the mind that is Ned Yost, his character, his personality, his lack of personality, his uh, bitterness, all that stuff. All right, so stick around. This is Dot Save the Royals. All right, welcome back to Dodd Save the Royals. I'm Mick Schaefer of 41 Action News. He is Rustin Dodd of The Athletic. 
We appreciate your business here. Um, Royals getting the 2019 started. Season started this week, and we were talking all about that. And, of course, Ned Yost, who is in his 10th year, Rustin, 10th year managing the Royals. That guy, I mean, won a World Series. He's going to have a statue out in front of Coppin Stadium someday. And, uh, yeah, longest tenured Royals manager ever, ever, right? Winning his manager. Won the most games. Ever. I mean, he's the face of the franchise. He really is. I mean, the things, I mean, it's been around for, what, 50 years now? 50 years of Royals baseball? 69 was the inaugural? This is the 51st season. So, I mean, he's managed one-fifth. He's managed 20% of the time. It's it's hard to believe. So uh, So, I... I would like to plug a story that I wrote. This is, yes, um, we are here to plug. You don't have to say you have to plug it. Just, just go and plug in it. In the Athletic Kansas City, um, it was published on Tuesday, and it is headlined, The World According to Ned, 21 Stories That Explain the Royals Manager. <laughs> and so I don't want to spoil too much about the story because I would love for people to go read it and yeah. subscribe if you don't and you're listening to the podcast. Go ahead. It's not very expensive. A couple bucks a month. That's it. Um, but I... I don't know how we want to uh, tackle this, but I just there's a couple of funny stories. So I like, I basically what I try to do with this story is I try to capture what it's like to be around Ned Yost every day, and um, obviously people have an idea. You know, he's prickly, he's short, you know, he's contrarian. All these things are true. I think people have a little bit of a misconception that that so much of it is who he is, but also so much of it is his most comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, like default setting. Yeah. He likes to fight. Yeah. He likes to conflict. He, yeah. he relishes that. He likes, and in, in, in not just because some of it, you know, we, we can psychologically analyze it or whatever, but like, you know, some people just like to fight, right? They get enjoyment sure, of that. Yeah. But also I think he like, he just, he, he likes, you know, bullshitting for, for lack <laughs> yeah. of a better word. Um, he likes to be that guy. He likes to mix it up a little bit, and he finds that fun. Now, I'm, this is this is a, a line that I a quote I use like a little later on in the story. Uh, but he said, you know, like you know, I actually enjoy you guys coming in every day. He was talking to the reporters. He goes, I, I like busting your balls and giving you shit. If you guys just came in here and we were like blah 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 blah, what fun is that? Yeah. And so that's part of it. Like if you looked at his face and if you heard his words and the inflection in his voice and the tone, you would think that's he's upset. He's not having fun. But I've known people like him to where that is where he derives the most enjoyment, just flipping people crap. And like I think to most people, Rustin, like you see a buddy you haven't seen in a while, you you, you fire off a couple of insults or jokes or just digs at him and then you're you're done he's one of those people that i don't know if he's ever done at the digs and just the the stuff like you said he likes the conflict and that's it does make sense he's comfortable there so there are a couple just funny stories that i'll share from the piece uh just a couple like funny interactions so i'm at safeco field in 2017 uh, I think it's like July. Doesn't doesn't matter. Does not matter. Jorge Bonifacio is not in the lineup. This happens quite a bit, right? Somebody's not in the lineup, and it's pretty perfunctory. You you, you kind of feel what does that mean? Just procedural, okay. kind of like you just okay. have to do it. It's good work. It kind of sounds silly, but you have to ask a question. Hey, Jorge Bonifacio, uh, anything anything wrong with him? Right? Yeah. Is it just a day off for him? You know, like, 
and I guess suppose you could ask, and the guy could just lie, and just a day and a day yeah, later yeah. you find out. Well, actually, he's got a torn ACL. That happens sometimes. Yeah. But you know, you're trying to do your diligence yeah, as a reporter, yeah. check on these things. So I just asked, like, hey, just a day offered Bonifacio, and Ned said no. He got hit by a car, and then he got hit by a bus. <laughs> And so, did you start writing that down and say, "Okay, I'll, I'll okay, quote yeah, you well, on my, that"? My God, I mean, is he okay? <laughs> um, and and so there, there, there's another one of Ned's favorite um, lines, and I I kind of please tell me, Mick, because I'm going to say this on the podcast, but it's obviously in the piece too. Yeah, there's some profanity in the piece. It's fine. The athletic, we got we got standards that hey, we like to keep it unfiltered, keep it real. Yeah. Um, but. Ned, when when you ask something like when you get ahead of schedule, like if you're you're uh, asking about the starting uh, rotation uh, during spring training, yeah, or if you're asking about injured player and he's you know weeks and weeks away from coming back, if you get into topics that are too far ahead of schedule for him, he will say, "Mick, keep your pants on." <laughs> has he said to you, Rustin, keep your pants on? Well, I don't know if he has used my name, but he's definitely told me to keep my pants on. <laughs> And so, and I, you knew, and you know what that means now. Well, I do, and I. Well, we don't have to get into it, but I, I was wondering, like, I was like wondering, I'm like, is that kosher? You know, <laughs> can you say that? Um, well, I'm putting it in because he says it. Anyway, oh, yeah. But there was, uh, and you know, he like obviously there's. It's famous that he likes to give reporters a little bit of of grief. You know, maybe potentially about. Uh, you know, what they're wearing, mm-hmm. all these sort of things. There was a good one from, I got to find it, I'm scrolling. Um, I think I passed it. Uh, with Jeffrey Flanagan of MLB.com at the winter meetings this year. And, man, I'm, I I want the actual, I have the actual quote. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, here it is. Okay. So winter meetings, 2018. Uh, Flanny sees Yost after a press conference at the Mandalay Bay. Uh, they kind of walk up and see each other, and and Flanagan's like, "Hey, hi, Ned." And Ned looks at him wearing a a like a plaid flannel shirt, kind of yeah. old. Probably looks like it's from like the early '90s, sure. from that era. And <laughs> Ned just, just goes, "I just have one question for you: Who is guarding your garbage bag under the overpass?" <laughs> That's pretty good. It was. A good, I mean, that's hey, a good one. Right you there. know, like yeah, you know, uh, not the best line in the world, but hey, not bad. My go-to was, one of those you had to be there. Uh, my go-to is that jacket looks like uh, it used to be drapes from a bad motel. That's it. Yeah. He's also referred to uh, jackets reporters wear as a is, is that a dog blanket? Dog blanket. Um, anyway, so I mean, uh, we're we are familiar with these. Like a lot of this stuff is old ground, but I was trying to capture it all in one piece. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought there was a pretty good story that's kind of illustrative of of how Kansas City used to view uh, Ned and how they view him now, which was uh, Nate Bucati, our friend at 810, for years was uh, punching bag. Yeah, because he was doing the Fox Sports Kansas City clubhouse reporting role where he would go to the press conferences, he'd be around the clubhouse, and he would have to ask uh, Ned questions pregame. Yeah. So he kind of became kind of the, the poster child for the guy that took had to wear a lot of it. Um, and so, and, and this is kind of a funny story, but Mike Swanson, the Royals PR director, actually even says, like, I, you know, it got to the point where I actually had to, like, tell the public that Ned and Nate got along. Um, Did they? 
Well, yeah, I think so. Anyway, well, Nate Nate says, you know, I never had a problem with him. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he never held a grudge. He was never, like, mean-spirited about it. You know, he, he could become difficult to get answers out of. But for the most part, he was honest, or at least relatively speaking. Um, but Nate has a great story about how, um, you know, it was Jeff and or excuse me, Ned and Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, are, are good friends. Yeah. And this is like 2012 or something. Jeff Foxworthy comes to a game, and Nate walks up to him and introduces himself and tries to kind of start a kind of a casual mm-hmm. conversation about Ned Yost. And Jeff Foxworthy goes, oh, man, I'll tell you, man, Ned is one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and and at this point, Nate hears him, hears this, and, and thinks – one, is he being serious? Like, is it? And two, are we talking about the same guy here? And I think that's kind of like it took a while for Kansas City to understand the humor. Yeah. Like, that it's, there is, part of it is just sort of who Ned is, but part of it is like he's just kind of screwing with people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, anyway, read the story if you got yeah. time. Read it. It's it's very cool. I love the stories and uh, yeah, Ned, yeah, Ned. Ned is. Uh, I don't know if I could do it every day. I would either like go into a shell and hate myself, or like bark back maybe too much. Well, I, I think he. I honestly, I think he likes it if one, if you do bark back. If, yeah, yeah. Well, bite. Yeah. A um, couple more things here. Uh, Duffy and Kennedy are not in this rotation. What's where do you see them in a few months? Where do you see them at the end of the year? Do they make their way back in? Do they become the uh, I don't know the cornerstones of this pitching staff that you would think they would be? Let's predict their future. I, I, you might tell me to keep my pants on here. I might be getting keep your too far from. ahead here, Rustin. But yes, what what, what do you think of with with what's Kennedy? Happen? I, Kennedy, I think they want to see if they can get some value out of him in the bullpen. I don't think they want to be moving him back and forth. What um, kind of value can you get out of him in the bullpen? I don't know. I, they want to. They want him to stay healthy. That's part of it. I mean, that um, is Jake the Deke Deekman's job, okay? And you know, if he doesn't perform well in that role, I guess, and you're not getting value out of it, then you, maybe you, you know, make try to make him a five and dive guy in the rotation and just see what you can get some value there. But anyway, five and dive. And so, but. For now, I I think he's going to be in the bullpen. That's pretty pretty set. Um, Danny Duffy, I think at this point is not going to be ready to come back uh, into a, a real kind of starting role until maybe late April, early May. But he's talked about a bullpen. Role okay, too, I will, right? Okay, I will say this. You know, he told Jeffrey Flanagan that um, how he would be open to that, and he would be. You know, he's excelled there before, and I I think. There's a couple of things there. Danny is open to every anything, right? I mean, yeah, he's just yeah, a, yeah. he's an easygoing yeah. guy, um, and you know he's gonna do. He's gonna say, I'll, "I'll do whatever the team wants." And honestly, I don't want to try to like get inside his head because he is easygoing. He doesn't. He, he he will do whatever the team wants. I just don't think that's good for the team, right? I mean, like, I mean, potentially, I guess, but like at some point. Mick, somebody's got to start games, right? I mean, like, <laughs> and, and we can get into a longer discussion about this because I think it's kind of fascinating. The Royals have, are not the kind of team that you would think would use an opener. Yeah. Um, they're not the kind of team that are. Oh, good luck asking Ned about that. He says he's he's open to open to thinking about an opener, but he hasn't yet. Yeah. So that's an interesting way to, to parse it. But so the Royals, they don't, you don't think of them being that kind of team. Yeah. But 
they may have to do it out of necessity. And I, I kind of wonder, like, you know, take it even a step further, right? Or I don't know if this is a step further, but we think of the opener a lot of times as being we use a reliever to start the game. He gives you an inning, mm-hmm. maybe an inning plus-ish. What's the usual? I was going to say, is it just an inning? Is it one time through the order? What's yeah, typical? Generally speaking, like the Rays, who kind of pioneered the yeah. usage last year, it seemed like they would try to match up a reliever with the top of a lineup mm-hmm. um, and get through that top of a lineup. And generally speaking, that guy was just going one. Yeah. And then they would have a younger kind of starting pitcher. Um, Go through him couple times yeah. then after that and then they, get to Kyle Yarborough I think is yeah. Kyle apologies to the Yarborough family if I got his first name wrong but he was a left-handed starter who uh who had a long who had he had a really good year and like mm-hmm. his numbers were like like bizarre right because it was like through like 150 innings with like three starts yeah anyway um so but my my point is or my argument for the Royals would be like you know, you got Ian Kennedy out there, right? Like, Ian Kennedy can start a game mm-hmm. and give you two innings, right? Yeah. Or maybe he gives you one plus. And then you got Scott Barlow. And, the, you know, like my, like, my point is, like, every if you don't have a fourth or fifth starter, just do bullpen days. And do, you're the, gonna, do the Rays do openers for every game or just a couple times well, a week? Well, I mean, I think they – I think as of now – uh, the Rays have three starting pitchers. So that would give you, if you could have up to somewhere between nine and ten relievers, mm-hmm. um, and then they kind of cycle through those guys. And yeah. the Royals, they you know, they have some guys at AAA too. Uh, Scott Blewett, who's a, on the 40-man roster, kind of a rising prospect. Arnaldo Hernandez, sure. um, kind of a starter. And, and some of those guys, you, you could bring them up and break them into, you know, major you know getting major league hitters out and more of a bullpen role controlled and like it's every fifth day they're giving you two or three innings i don't know i mean there's it's it's a difficult way to massage it because you can burn through your bullpen pretty quickly and all of a sudden those guys are a little bit overused and overexposed but if you don't have the starting pitching got to think creatively about it yeah what um last question here what would be the royals perfect season now in this perfect season stew it's not 162 and 0 cuz that that's literal. We're going to we're going to cook it up with a couple cups of reality here. Rustin, okay? What would be the perfect season that could actually happen for them here in 2019? So I wrote about this on the Athletic. Thank you for setting it up. <laughs> it's what I'm here for. Um I just put nine things in these are, you know, that we're not talking about, you know, finishing you know, over 500. We're not talking about mm-hmm. pushing for a playoff spot. All those things would be awesome, right? Yeah. If you're a Royals fan, you'd that'd be great. I mean, how would you? How if the Royals won 90 games this year? At the end of the year, you'd it would be like one of the most successful seasons in Royals history, based on actual results versus expectations. Sure, and they uh, would have won what uh, 32 more games in the year yeah, before. It would be incredible year over year leap. So I'm talking more about like let's think long term. Mm-hmm. How like and you at the end of the year you want to feel really good about the Royals' future. Sure. What has to happen this year to feel really good at the end of the year and say, hey, you know what? Maybe they don't win all as many games as I would like as a fan, but like I feel really good about this organization. Yeah. And so these are just nine things. Uh, number one, I think is pretty obviously number one is Adalberto Mondesi makes the leap into sort of stardom range. How many homers? How many stolen bases does that um, need to be? Well, I. 
I mean, I think it, you need a bigger picture than just those two stats. Yeah. I think he can get hit 24 to 25 homers yeah. and steal 60 bases. Um, but if he does that, I mean, you're pretty close to star level anyways. But, like, that plus a little bit better on base on percentage. Base. What is he yeah, What on base? I think it's like 30. That'd yeah, be, if he, that'd if be he good did, for oh, him. Oh, it'd be incredible right? for him. Yeah. I mean, I think he, his, last year I think it was around 310. Um, so if he's, you know, 330 on base with 20 homers and 50 stole, steal, stolen bases, I mean, that's be incredible, especially at his age. So that in that, that would be number one. Uh, number two is the farm system. They've got last year at this point, zero top 100 prospects after last season heading into, or you know, after the 2017 mm-hmm. season, excuse me, before 2018. Yeah. One year later, they have... Depending on what list you look at, they have five. Yeah. Uh, I'll look at the list that has the most. <laughs> Is that it? Five? No, they don't. Okay, so it's five players that appear in various lists. So, okay. like, Brady Singer is in Baseball America's top 100. Yeah. Uh, Khalil Lee and Daniel Lynch are in ESPN's top 100. Yeah. Uh, Suli Matias and MJ Melendez are in Baseball Prospectus's top 100. Okay. Uh, so, th- there's five guys. At the end of this year, you... If you want like five to eight guys, yeah, more, gonna, I'm, I'm like Kowar, <laughs> right? Prado, yeah. and they're uh, gonna draft some of these other guys. They're in, in June, they're gonna have the number two pick in the draft. Yeah. Theoretically, that guy should be a, a, sure. almost immediately a top 100 prospect. Yeah, um, so like at the end of this year, you want six to eight guys in Baseball America's 2020 top prospect list. I think that's possible because yep. this guy, I, I thought of like three or four. That have to be knocking on the door of top 100 right off the bat. And, so I and, think that's and one reason that it is possible is that most of those guys I just listed um, are not going to graduate no. the major leagues, and there will be a number of guys that graduate from other teams to the yeah, major leagues. Exactly. Yeah. So the Royals this time next year should be sitting pretty well relative yeah. to the rest of baseball in the farm system. All right, uh, rest of these are not as exciting, but they're <laughs> but necessary. Uh, Keller and Junis grow into reliable starters. Number three. So what are we talking about, like 3.5 or lower yeah. ERA type even, deal? Even I, for, like four, for Jake just Junis, in the threes. A, a, a 3.8 ERA for okay. Jake Junis over 25 to 30 starts would be great. Sure. Do Some, we care about wins? Are we putting a number eh, on wins? Okay, just yeah. somewhere in that both those guys need to be Maybe durable. Maybe innings, too. Yeah, yeah. innings. Yeah. 175 to 200 innings. ERA is between three and a half and four. Yeah. Both those guys, if you could think that over the next four, you know, four years. That's what those guys are going to be. That would be great. Uh, number four. This might be a little high. Ryan O'Hearn proves he's here to stay. Thirty. He was just so good last 30? year. Thirty. Say thirty. Thirty homers. Yeah. Why not? Let's do uh, it. Even if he's eighty percent of what he was over one hundred and seventy at bats last what year. What would that be? Um, eighty percent. I mean, he hit twelve home runs, so he was on pace for like fifty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'd be like 80%, twenty. Eighty percent. Forty. <laughs> forty. Forty home runs. We said it. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Number five, Danny Duffy reestablishes himself. Now yeah, we're getting to nice. the kind of the uh, six. Jorge Soler stays healthy and becomes an OBP machine. Yeah, just don't I, even don't even say stat. Just say 140 games for Jorge Soler. Sure. Uh, How great would that be? Somebody else, and when I say somebody else, it's like somebody we're not really expecting. Like somebody just becomes a really good player. Yeah. And and kind of out of not out of nowhere, but just like a guy you're not really expecting. I think guys you could put in that list are Hunter Dozier, Brett Phillips. Nicky Lopez maybe coming up from the minor leagues. Like somebody like that, Schwindel, yeah. put Schwindel sure. in it. Why not? Just somebody really kind of establishes himself as like an everyday player. Uh, then we get into uh, some of these relievers they've signed. You can flip them at the deadline. Boxberger, Diekman. Find a find a closer? Is that, I mean, uh, well, I mean, a closer for the future sure, that they could. 
Who um, is going to close, by the way? Or is it just going to be Ned? Just by committee, man. There, feel like we'll see. I kind of think it will be Willie Peralta to start the year, but that's yeah. a guess, not any. It's not informed speculation, really. Uh, number nine, Kyle Zimmer and Bubba Starling beat the odds and become major leaguers. Yeah, one of those guys. I'll take one. Kyle Zimmer is going to be on the opening day roster, so let's see if he can stay healthy That'd and be, be a guy. Uh, and I think that's it. So that's it. That's the perfect season that's right the there. Perfect season. That'll work. All right, I'm gonna do my toast here. I'm gonna toast to. Um, Mr. Gore, Terrence Gore, uh, what a thrill that it is to talk to that guy. Um, and it's only been a few times for me. It was like 2014. I remember the first time I so talked it's to a, him. It's a thrill? It is a thrill because he's like, eh, maybe he oversold it there. But is it enjoyable to talk to Terrence Gore? Why? Huh? Why? Because he's like mature and he laughs and he gives you like anecdotes and he like he's answers a- your questions and he's like really smart guy. And you don't always see that in professional sports. He had, well, he had a funny quote this spring where he said, uh, he was talking about how he's trying to simplify things. Yeah. He's really simplifying things to the plate. And he said, he's like not trying to think too much. And he said, you know, they say sometimes that the dumbest players make the best players. Yeah. And I I was like, well, the one, that is totally true. I mean, I don't know if that's true. Totally true. But they, people do say that. And, but you don't, you don't usually hear players say that. Yeah. So and I was like, I loved it. I, it's funny because he's got, he looks like he's 12, and you would expect this immature, maybe uh, sounding voice that doesn't always shy away. No. He's deep, you know, just, he's a grown man, and, you know, he just look. he's just a small dude, and he's very fun to talk to. And I'm, I'm, I, I am thrilled that he does have a spot on this Royals yeah. opening day roster. So go get him, Terrence Gore. I hope you steal a thousand bases if that's possible. And I will toast to Kevin McCarthy, who was perhaps one of the Royals' best relievers last year, and is that was a low bar. Well, and I will toast to him because Mick has had it out for Kevin McCarthy since we started. I this might, podcast. I might, they'll be confusing him with Brandon Maurer and <laughs> some of the other guys they just rolled out there you, who gave up homers. You've had it out for Kevin. McCarthy. I have ever since grade school. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm. I'm fully admitting that I might be thinking of a different guy, but I just lumped all those bullpen guys the, from last year together. One of my there's this, one of my favorite stereotypes in baseball. It's not even really a stereotype. It's more like an archetype. That's a better word okay. for it. Like you know, like kind of a is the northeastern baseball player because there's not a lot of them, right? Yeah. Like you just, guys are usually from Texas, yeah. California, the South Hot states, yeah, know, Florida, whatever. You don't get a lot of, and the Royals actually have Kevin McCarthy's from Long Island. And Long Island. So I enjoy I enjoy the guys from the Northeast. Kevin McCarthy's from Long Island. Uh, Frank Schwindel, New Jersey. He's a Jersey nice. guy. Um, Mike Trout's from New Jersey. Yeah. So they they produce some guys. He Phil he Phil Myers in another Jersey game. Yeah. So I enjoy those guys. Long Island's own Kevin McCarthy. First opening day on Thursday. Nice. It's gonna be a first opening day for a lot of these guys. Yes. Right. So should be fun. Rustin, thanks so much for the time. That was fun. Yes. Every week-ish, every week-ish, we're going to be trying to throw the uh, roll these things out here on Dodd Save the Royals. So stay tuned, listen, and go Royals. I was born in California with the fire in my heart. They told me.